So before you go ahead and listen to this episode, I just want to give a quick note because a lot of you might be new here and not know who I am. Well, my name is Diego. I'm a Canadian footballer and I ended up in Dubai and that story is told in this podcast. But the behind the scenes footage is not yet been released. And some of you might remember me from the days when I went to Portugal and Malta and documented the whole thing. It's all on YouTube for you to see. Now, I've done the same thing with everything that happened in Dubai, but I just have not been able to release it. So if you want to see what it's really like being a footballer out in the UAE, make sure you also go check me out on YouTube at DiegoTGL and subscribe there for new episodes every week. My mission is and has always been to storytell my life to the world, turn these moments that may seem quote-unquote bad into entertaining experiences for the whole world to see and level up athletes holistically in mind, body, and soul because that's what I'm doing in my own life. And as I learn, I share. I'm also on Instagram at DiegoTGL. You can actually find me everywhere on social media at DiegoTGL. Now, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for clicking this episode. And I really do hope you enjoy this in-depth explanation of what the fuck happened in Dubai. All right, welcome back to the Night Audit. This is a special episode, probably one of the last episodes I'll do with you ever, because we're never seeing each other again. Never. Never. Yeah, no, we're... Guys, it's over after this. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> do you remember that episode we did, like, that we never uploaded in our other place? No. We're our first one? No. So, guys, this is the Night Audit. We talk about... That's, I, it was the episode we came up with that name. Who came up with the name? You did. It's called. It's on record. Where's my royalty? It's your. Oh, where's my money? <laughs> how, much, how much have you made off the pod? Enough to live in Dubai. Wow. Yeah, but I was getting my accommodation paid for, so it says everything. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, we came here in March, and uh, and it's been nine months, and we've had very different paths ever since. Yeah, I don't know why you're smiling. It's not funny. no but seriously seeing your journey from my perspective it's been very unique it must have been like watching a train drive into the side of a mountain but somehow still keep going but it's fucked yeah it's a fucked train well because i told you yo i told you earlier like even in the summer seeing you have your preparation and like really building up to the season to then what happened all the setbacks that you had to go through and how it panned out it was crazy i mean even before we parted ways so the timeline just for those who are who are new just to give some context yeah we arrive in march and then we have a vision outside of football that we are working towards accomplishing and then may comes around and we all have our own obligations outside of dubai that we go to and then we plan on reconvening uh, for preseason, which is like July, yeah, August time, right? And that does happen, but we are playing with different teams and our process of signing with said teams is, is very different. So that's just some context of a, of a very rough timeline. We'll get into the details of that because so much happened in between. And this is one of those podcasts where I really just want to dive deep into the details that I might forget in a year because I want to look back on this podcast and remember it. You know, my mind can't, hold all the memories and sometimes like if we talk about something in a year we can look back and be like oh that was a funny moment yeah. but i want to remember if we didn't talk about it so i mean you're obviously with golf united i was with the green herons i got like i lied oh, we'll talk about it um when you first came to dubai did you you had a con- connection with golf united right 
Because yeah. I think that's important for the people watching just yeah. to hear. So I had the connection with Golf United. Yeah. So what happened was I was in Germany, actually. Right. I was on trial with teams in the fourth and fifth division. And then I did well, actually. I did well, but I couldn't sign because it was outside the transfer window. So I had two options, either stick back in Germany and just chill out until the summer or I could take the risk and go to Dubai. I had this one connection with golf. So I called, I emailed a lot of clubs, tried to make something happen. And finally I decided to take the risk because I I wanted to explore Dubai and see what the opportunity could be like. So that's when I came to Dubai. And I remember around that time, I also hit you up about the potential of coming over to Dubai. And I think even to, to paint the picture, a bit further back I remember like that winter you were kind of going through a rough time and also you weren't quite set on what your next move was I know you had something in the states kind of lined up but it wasn't super certain and I feel like you needed something new yeah you needed something fresh yeah so I remember we had that call at the beginning of the year and it wasn't just one call it we had a couple of calls yeah and somehow I convinced you to well no it wasn't that hard I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you messaged me like Honestly, if I go back to our messages on Instagram, yeah. the message is like, yo, Diego, I might have an opportunity to do it. I'm like, I'm in. I don't, I don't give it a fuck. So yeah, because yeah. the opportunity with heavy quotations in the United States was not super exciting. And when you told me about this, there was just something inside of me that felt right away that this was what I was meant to be doing. Some call it intuition. And I yeah. feel like it's very important to listen to your intuition more. And if there's one thing that I want to portray across all my content, apart from football, apart from the adventures that I go on, it's like listening to your intuition and taking the risks that you feel are gonna lead you to living the most fulfilling life that you could live. And when I die, I'm on my deathbed, I wanna look back on my life knowing that I took those risks and I made those decisions. And this was the beginning of that. This was the beginning of what I foresee to be like a very long adventurous life, at least for both of us really. And this was a, you know, very off the cuff decision. Like I would have never in a million years thought I'd be going to Dubai. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I hadn't like, I'm a, I'm a footballer that creates content, but I didn't have an opportunity for football in Dubai. And it's, you know, like a thousand dollar ticket all the way across the world. And, and I'm just going just because really, like, if you think about it, I just went just because you, you said, like like let's let's paint the picture right some guy on the internet who i've never met in real life who does a similar thing to me told me to cut to fly across the world because he has a crazy vision and a crazy idea that he wants to make happen and i'm a crazy guy (laughs) so i said yes and honestly i'm so grateful i did not really it's like it's changed my life and every everything that's happened in those past nine months has been amazing even though, like, on paper, it didn't go as I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. But life's not lived on paper. Yeah. No, I mean, the last couple of months, bro, ever since, like, March, we touch base a person. Yeah. They've been some of the most thrilling months in life. And, see, you came, yes, intuition, but I would say there were two main reasons. One was the vision that we had, which was, I, we can talk about it, I guess, right? I was thinking about it, should we? Because I still want to do it. Yeah. Okay, let's let's just call it the vision, the project. Yeah, the project. Okay, we'll call it the project because it's going to come alive yeah. sometime in the future. We just don't know when. Mm. And so that was one big thing. And the other big thing was also football. 
So although you didn't have something concrete, um, but there was an opportunity to come here and find a club and mm-hmm. then play with them. Yeah. Right. And I remember you came, and like you said, you didn't have anything lined up. But we we tried to like look around, make connections happen, and yeah. you finally found a club. Yeah. Which bottom of the table. Bottom of the table. You went to train with them. Yeah. So I had Golf United. I was training with them. And then you were able to find this club. Yeah, I was training with the Lee Falcons. Yeah. What was your, like, first time coming to Dubai? I didn't know Dubai existed a year ago. I'm curious for you coming to Dubai, what was the vibe? How did you like it? What were your thoughts coming in that first week? Well, you hear about Dubai and you, you think wealth, right? You think, like, the ultra-rich, like, this is where, you know, the elite go, right? Yeah. And, and coming here, I expected the glamour and you see it but you also get a reality check and in order for that glamour to exist you need to have the other side of things and and that's the well you have a lot of people on the come up right you have a lot of people grinding to you know climb the ladder of whatever industry they're in and for me that's something that was missing in my life and in vancouver i feel like it's a very boring city that sort of everyone's super comfortable and it, in a way, promotes mediocrity. And I found that like the people around me and the things I was doing in Vancouver, I just couldn't foresee myself, um, you know, elevating in the verticals that I wanted to be excelling in. And coming here to Dubai, I had that preconceived notion of it, and and it came to, and it was it was true. Like, you know, especially being around people, you know, like yourself and, and Daniel. And um, I completely forgot your question. To be honest with you, uh, what, what was the question? What were your thoughts about Dubai coming? To this place because you didn't really know much about Dubai right yeah yeah so you come here I remember that first day you showed up to ISD Dubai mm. the sports complex right. I told you yo I have an Airbnb come yeah welcome oh to be God, with me and you arrive and then I, I come and get you dude that first day that first week like what was going through your mind what did you think of well it was also crazy to me you to begin in person because yeah. before we sort of connected as peers I looked up to you because you're one of the first content creators on social media that I modeled myself after when starting to create content on Instagram. And I started off by making training videos and drills and just like, I I literally started creating content, just setting up a GoPro. Uh, Like after work, I would go to the field and and train and I would set up a GoPro and just edit that. And I would always watch your videos and follow along your journey to get inspiration to like be consistent I had new ideas for my own content. And I sort of just kept, I just kept going, you know, obviously with no growth for like a year, year and a half. And then it's just amazing how that moment led to this. Yeah. Like, why? That's crazy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> you remember that comment you left on my post? I almost want to find it. Like, <laughs> Go find it. I'll find it. But um, yeah, so, th- so I'll just finish. Like that was, those were my, yeah. that was my thoughts coming here. And I didn't know what to expect in terms of living. I knew it was going to be, you know, obviously, I'd be sleeping on a sofa and it would be, it would be a grind. But I, I love that though. Like, I love being at a disadvantage because it feels like when you're at a, at the bottom, the only place you can go is up. Yeah. So that's, those are my thoughts coming into it. But you inviting me out here, knowing like a little bit about the content that I made before, it was obviously very different to what I make now. And, and who, like, who did you think I was versus who I am? meeting me like who did you think was coming out to dubai you know what i mean because we didn't know each other you didn't know who i was you're inviting some random dude who you have a feeling might be a good um 
like business partner, to be honest with you. That's yeah. what it was going to be. But we did have some calls before you came out. And so not just the calls, like you're a content too. One thing that stood out about you is, and I know in the last couple of months, you've been doing a lot more holistic athlete mindset stuff. But even back then, I think you had an angle on it. So that's something that stood out. I liked it. I thought it was something unique in the space. And it was kind of like scouting out a, a youth prospect. You know, I'm like, this kid is going to go far. And I knew Dubai was going to be a really big opportunity to grow collectively as a team and also for you to grow individually. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring you out. And we did have a couple of calls. So those calls were good because I got to know a little bit more about you. But mm. honestly, you coming and then us being in person, I felt that same I felt that same energy, which yeah. is great. And yeah. the first couple of weeks that we had in Dubai, my perspective, it was one of the craziest roller coasters that we went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was. It was yeah. every day, every morning we were going to events, trying to make connections to find investors for our, for our idea. Yeah. Building up a pitch deck, understanding the logistics of starting a business in Dubai. And I wish we could go into detail about it, but I think I, I really do want to save that. And that'll be a good podcast in itself in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, found the, I found the post. Yeah. And I found the comment. Really? <laughs> so, I'll I, I, go up and show the camera. <clears throat> oh, I could just do it in. Po- in oh, no, it's not. Bro, we're not, we're not filming. Really? Yeah. Thank you, sweet job. You didn't press it? <laughs> no, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, because there's no space left in the SD card. Oh, is it mine or yours? In yours, okay. Oh, you popped mine back in? Yeah. Okay, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I would have used yours. Okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. We just started off. Oh, we just keep going. I mean, it's only been 12 minutes. Yeah, it's perfect. Like five minutes. We're good. <laughs> Yo, you know, so you know what's funny about this? Your name was Diego Football. Yeah. My name used to be Soho Football. Really? Yeah. Before I changed it to my personal brand, just my personal name. Was it uh, So Hill Football when at the time of that post? Yeah. It was so, so I completely Hill. copied it. I think so. Yeah, I, I must have. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow, that's so. <laughs> you like fully engaged with me as well. Do you remember when you tuned in? When the first time was? I remember the f- the first one that caught my eye was when you were playing against Borussia Dortmund. So 2018. Whoa. Four years ago. That's when I started. That's when I was 17. That's when I started. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you. Yeah, this post. Yeah. I'll screenshot it and throw it up here. This was the first post that I saw and I was like, yo, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. I want to be like him. No, <laughs> 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 oh, but it's, it's so true. Wow. So, you know what I'm... We're talking about... Uh, okay, wait. Let me just... Welcome back to the Night Audit. This is a very special episode. This is my last uh, episode here in Dubai. I'm catching a flight in... Actually, I got to leave in an hour now. That's my by fast. Um, Always do these last minute. Yeah. I've been here for like five hours and we record symbolic. now. Symbolic. And you know what's crazy? The place we're recording in is the apartment that I was living in when I came back to Dubai. Same floor. Same floor. Literally, my apartment is like down. right there. That's crazy. That's so weird. And uh, you didn't know I was staying in this building. So when I was watching you in the summer prepping for the trials, you were here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
You know, when I was watching you prep, I was so excited for you because I knew you had worked so hard for the months previous mm -hmm. to build up for the new season. And then I saw you like in the Dubai heat in the summer, like grinding, putting in work. Mm -hmm. And I really thought like, yo, he's going to kill it. Like he's going to come into preseason super sharp. And then. Yeah. The thing is, I did like. But just external factors. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today yeah. because you set yourself up for success. But in football, sometimes things happen that you just don't see coming. And also things happen that are completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. And I think everything hit you. Yeah. It really opened my eyes to how luck-based football is. Like it, it really is. No matter how much you can do to set yourself up for success... There are always going to be so many external factors that just for some reason or another won't go your way. Or they will go your way and everything lines up perfectly and it works out. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, this is a very special episode. Not only because I'm leaving Dubai in an hour, but because the reason why I'm here is sitting right across from me. <laughs> uh, and I don't know when I'm going to see him again. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I'm going back to Canada. He's going to stay in Dubai, finish out the season. Uh, which is amazing. Very, very happy for you. You know, to like have the goal of start, like playing professional, sharing it with the world, coming out to Dubai, and and making that happen. Like honestly, you even though you've documented it all, like being there, kind of behind the scenes, seeing it all, is uh, it's it's impossible to showcase the sacrifice and the drive every single day, getting up in the morning, chasing that dream. You know, training, uploading the content making connections, building a future for yourself while also pursuing prof like professional football is in a new country is just incredible. Like, no matter how much behind the scenes footage you show, it'll never truly account for the reality of the situation. And I was talking to you earlier about this. You know, obviously you've been doing this for a lot longer than me and you've been doing it to an extent that I have yet to reach, but no one else in the world understands what it's like to pursue a professional, being a professional athlete while also documenting and creating content on the side or like as well. Yeah. yeah it's just, we, we just talked about it for like four hours. <laughs> we recorded a full <laughs> podcast before this. <laughs> we just didn't have, a, didn't have a mic. This always happens. Yeah. Um, but you get that unique angle because you've been with me. And likewise, I also see the grind. And it's interesting because people, we talked about this earlier. You People see us through this one dimension of just being a football player. But at the end of the day, we're also a content creator and so many different things. And so the reality of our life is so much different. And I think a great place to start is to backtrack to coming to Dubai. Yeah. And talking about how this all played yeah. out. Because it's been a... Yeah, well, I'll uh, give some content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the timeline in, in a very rough summary is... March um, is when I fly out to Dubai, uh, or actually it started in really January, February. We're in contact. Oh no! Yeah. What? What? Do you, when did you first reach out to me? I think because I feel like it was a week before I flew out. You, I, I feel like you reached out to me. You think it was a week before? It's like a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, it was really last minute. I remember. Really? I have it on video. It's gonna be in the YouTube videos that I upload when I get back to Vancouver. Okay. But I have all their phone calls on video. I have it all recorded. So, but yeah, it was like two weeks before. Yeah. Uh, you reached out to me, telling me about uh, 
this this vision, this this idea for a project that you wanted to start out in Dubai. And I had um, an opportunity in the United States that I was literally packing and getting ready to go for. And then you call me, and then intuitively it felt like the right decision to make. It wasn't. It, on paper, it doesn't make sense, and it was one of those decisions that explaining it to other people, yeah, I couldn't. Mm. Like when if someone was gonna ask me like why are you going to Dubai, like some guy on the internet called me and says he has a vision. Similar, <laughs> <laughs> it's to, yeah. It's like sounds like some cult shit, you know? Like yeah. It was, and the thing is, I'm not really exaggerating either. It was actually that crazy. Like I remember sitting in Vancouver and feeling kind of depressed because I had nothing going for me, and then I don't know where this happens. Yeah, I remember the calls we had. So you were in Vancouver, didn't really have anything going on. That USA opportunity was a maybe, yeah. nothing concrete. Yeah. But I I felt like you needed a fresh project, something new. And I also just came off of the beginning of 2020. It's so crazy, beginning of 2022. You know, it, ha- it hasn't even been a year. Yeah. So this was the start of this year. So at the start of this year, I was going through a very difficult time back in Ottawa, Canada. And then after a couple of weeks, I just kept at it and I got myself to Germany and I was on trials there. And then I couldn't sign outside of the transfer window. Mm -hmm. So I had the option of either just staying back there, waiting out until the summer Mm -hmm. or going to Dubai and experiencing Dubai, exploring trial opportunities there. And I took the risk to go to Dubai without really having much, to be honest. I did a lot of emails, a lot of messages, got connected with one club. And then I also had this vision and this project that I, I filled you in with. Yeah. That's when we had the call. Yeah. And I told you like, yo, Dubai, massive opportunity. Yeah. We can work on this together, build up something big. And also individually for you, it's going to be huge to come out here, build up your brand, build up your football career. And you decided to come. It's the best decision of my life. It, it changed my life uh, for what I know will be the, the better. Like if I stay in Vancouver, I always think of Vancouver as a very mediocre city. Everyone's super comfortable. The people that I'm around there, uh, just nothing. Like they're, they're, you know, ambitious. I'm not trying to put them down, but it's just the goals that I knew I was capable of, or sorry, the achievements I knew I was capable of in this life just weren't being um, uh, cultivated, uh, staying in Vancouver. I needed to be around people were better than me who had bigger goals than me who forced me to think outside what i deemed to be possible and i experienced that being with you like the amount of shit i learned just by observing how you operate is incredible i don't know if i've ever told you that but really just you know i i didn't have to do anything just watching you move and do what you did it inspired me because it's like i haven't seen anyone or been around anyone who was dedicated on that level no matter how, like i said no matter how much behind the scenes but yeah. <laughs> I need some water. Oh god. Yo. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Is. Don't make it. Don't make it. No, no I, I don't want the seaweed water. <laughs> oh, you want some seaweed water? No, I don't want it. Oh, I couldn't even finish the other one. Get, get your seaweed water, come back. Okay, continue on from... That was embarrassing. Um, 
Oh, wait, well, I, oh yeah, no amount of behind-the-scenes footage could really showcase the grind that you put in um, here in Dubai to make everything that everyone's seeing on social media happen. All the Instagram photos, the stories, the signing, all of that shit. There's, a, you know that photo of the iceberg? Where yeah. this is what they see and everything underneath? That's so true. And I saw that from like the real behind-the-scenes perspective, living with you for four months. And then being in contact with you for the summer and then reconnecting for the preseason period. That was kind of the timeline of, of this. And obviously you're going to continue the season, but um, yeah. where were we again? Talking about getting out here. So you came to Dubai in March. Right. You came, I told you, I have an Airbnb, you're welcome to come. Yeah. You came to ISD Dubai, <laughs> I came to pick you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was March 8th. Ninth, yeah, something right like for my birthday, yeah, something like that, yeah. And you come out. What were your first impressions of Dubai? Well, I had big expectations. You know, obviously, hearing about Dubai, you think of wealth yeah. and the elite and uh, like entrepreneurship and people, mm. you know, leveling up, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, those are the ideas that I had. And getting here, you see the other side of it too. You know, it's you don't just see the curated images you also see the grind that 99 percent of the population puts in here you know all on different levels of that spectrum but even that in itself is inspiring to be around uh that many people hustling to get to the next level and mm -hmm. obviously some in more dire situations than others and you know regardless it's a it's a city full of new ideas and and people with big dreams and that's how i would describe it but there's also a lot behind the scenes that you won't it know to its fullest extent unless you live here um yeah but is that what you thought of dubai when you were coming here so i didn't know anything about dubai okay a couple of months before i came i didn't know anything i went to abu dhabi for an event mm. in december of 2021 so okay. this was like a year ago i go to an event in abu dhabi and i was in abu dhabi for a couple of days so everybody's like you gotta go to dubai so i took the hour drive went to dubai Again, hustled like crazy, connected with an agent who got me a trial in Dubai. Did a football trial there, and I was only there for a couple of days, but I, I loved the environment, professional, welcoming, multicultural, and also saw the opportunity on the social media side of things. So I told myself I want to come back here in 2022 and give it a shot and see where it can go. So then when I finally came, I think... It aligned with those expectations I had because I made the connection with Colf United, professional setup. We train in the morning, perfect facilities, beautiful, natural grass, uh, professional coaching staff. And then also, I think week two, there was the NAS Summit event, which the guys at the company, they told me about. I thought, let me get Diego, let me get Dan. We do the trio. We go to the event together. And for me... <coughs> Those two days were some of the best days in terms of the energy of people at that event, the, the messages, the strategies, the network, the connections that we made. It was super inspiring. So all that for me, like it aligned with what I thought of. It set off the trip on a really good note. Exactly. Yeah. Which it's funny because I injured my ankle right before that. 
Yeah. Bro, you know, I injured my ankle the day before because we were supposed to, we played Newcastle United in a friendly game. Yeah. I wasn't able to be part of the game because of my ankle. I was supposed to play. Bro, how crazy that we played Bournemouth and I wasn't able to play because I of my shit. So symbolic. So then, take this in, I injure my ankle, I'm limping on it. I don't know if you remember this, but I forced myself to the event the next day. Of course, yeah. Bro, my ankle was in pain. I didn't really tell you guys. Oh, really? It's not bad. I was in pain, bro. But I just like, I went to the event, wow. made it happen. But I think that sparked a lot of inspiration for us. And it set off the next couple of weeks, which was just being ambitious about this project. Which, by the way, so kind of backtracking, the reason you came to Dubai, one, this project, to work on this project, which we're not going to talk about right now. Yeah. And, and two for football, right? To find a football club for the upcoming season. So how did, if you had to give a recap of that first stint in Dubai, what would it be? I mean, it felt like I was thrown into situation after situation that I've never been in in my life. Even going to the event and like networking with people, pitching people an idea, yeah. that's something so out of my comfort zone. Like we were talking earlier about how even just a couple of years ago, we were very different people in terms of how introverted we were and how shy we were. Like, I still have a bit of that person in me and it takes a lot of effort to be sociable and to talk to strangers, you know? Like, that, that is yeah. still something that, even though with social media, it's how talking to camera, getting comfortable meeting people, it's still something in the back of my head that I have to consciously sort of fight over. So doing that um, for those two days, all day, with the pressure of, you know, we had pretty ambitious deadlines for this project <laughs> yeah all right we'll we'll make another podcast in the future when this project has come to fruition but for now we're just gonna leave it at the project mm-hmm. um but it was gonna be something very groundbreaking in dubai like it would be it, it still is gonna be huge um yeah whatever the final version of that looks like uh but yeah our deadlines were very ambitious and looking back it's kind of funny mm-hmm. to think like we could have had it done in april that was our that was the timeline it was like and now it's like a year later yeah but um again i forget the question that you asked me (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the problem with recording at 1 30. (laughs) so this the first stint in dubai yeah what was the recap which you gave you kind of gave what we what you thought of it let's kind of go towards the end of that Mm -hmm. i guess we had the summer where that was the split you went to portugal Mm -hmm. wait did we talk about the metri or was that in the other podcasts that we what we're recording for that we where i was with the falcons i don't know if we talked about it in this one okay talk about it yeah yeah so just really quickly i came out to dubai for the project to to meet sohail but i didn't actually have any football opportunities right yeah yeah but you you did um but um yeah i came out here purely for that and just sort of thought in my head like okay i'll just figure out football when i get there um i was so desperate for a change in my life that's uh you know, on paper, this this decision makes no sense. Like, it really doesn't. Explaining to people, I just avoided that because I told them I had an opportunity. I told everyone I had trials lined up. I didn't. I had nothing. <laughs> I, as soon as I got to Dubai and, and before, I was, like, DMing clubs and, and trying to get in contact with anyone who might know someone who might know someone. You know, that's, that's how it goes. And when I talk to you guys about building a network and making sure that you keep good relationships for moments like this where you don't expect to go somewhere, but it lines up perfectly and all of a sudden you need something um and obviously no one i knew had any connections in dubai so i had to message on instagram um and one club got back to me elite falcons 
they were bottom of the table at the time. Uh, so of course they got back to me. Um, <laughs> so, so I went out there to train with them and I was training with them up until, uh, the season ended just in May and right before I left for Portugal and he went back to Canada. Um, actually it was London first and we met up in London again. There's so much weird random <laughs> shit that happened. So, okay. Maybe we should slow down, but yeah, that's pretty much what happened when I got to Dubai. No football opportunity training with the Falcons, uh, season ended in May. We did not meet the deadlines of the project, but we learned so much in terms of what it takes to start up a business here in Dubai. Uh, we learned a lot about pitching to investors, uh, structuring a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably a lot of other things that I'm missing, but those were the, the highlights. And the question was like what I learned and what I took away from the beginning. And it's honestly that, just diving into so many new endeavors that I never even fathomed I'd be entering into in my life. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like a learning like massive learning curve for me, but uh, it was really exciting. And it made me feel alive as well, you know, and that's one thing in life. Like I want to do things that make me feel alive. And it's oftentimes the things you fear most that make you feel most alive in my experience. I agree. Yeah. So you're in Portugal for the summer. Yeah. Training like crazy, getting ready for the 2022-23 season. That's what you think. Which, <laughs> <laughs> then I got to know the truth of it. Yeah, yeah. But you trained, you you did the full volley, you did some fitness, you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look. Okay. Did you have, you already had a trial lined up with Elite Falcons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you knew preseason you were kind of going to be with them? Preseason wasn't confirmed, I still had yeah. to do the open trial. So I... Oh, is that the, the thing where you just went for one day? Yeah. That was so stupid. Yeah, I'm bro. <laughs> yeah. I went a month yeah. early for one day. Yeah. That was so dumb. Yeah. And they, they only made me play the 30-minute game at the end as well. Because they're like, we 30 don't minutes. It was a two-hour trial, but they yeah. didn't do the 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. And you know, you remember what I was telling you. is like, you didn't need to go to that. I know. They would have still invited you to preseason. I know. I'm just, it's another lesson that I learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that it is. So you go a month early. Yeah. You do the trial. Mm-hmm. Which you kind of told, I remember you telling me the trial was, it, it was whatever. Like, yeah, it was whatever. Didn't play much. Yeah, no, not much came out of it. Yeah. So then you have four weeks to prepare for the actual preseason. Mm-hmm. How'd those four weeks go? I mean, obviously you went there and I didn't know too many other... Is that where you, you play, stayed in this place? Yeah, bro. Four weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. It was actually tough because it was the first time uh, that I... Yeah, this is the first time that I've been truly on my own in another country playing football or trying to play football. Yeah. Because uh, I'm even thinking back to when I was in Portugal, like in 2020, when I first started uh, documenting the journey, I was with Race. Yeah. Uh, I was with someone. Oh, yeah, so I was with someone. And then even when I went to Seattle afterwards, I w- was with someone as well. What was the toughest thing about being alone? Just not. It was uh, It was like when I was with you for the first couple of months, it was motivation to do things was very high. And it was like it, it, everyone was collectively driven. Uh, but being on my own is like, you know, in a new country and it's super hot outside and, you know, it's, I don't know. It was, it was just difficult to find the same motivation. I had those expectations. Like I'm going to come out here and be super driven. And I, it took so much more effort than I thought. I still did it. I still got out every day, trained, went to the gym. It was like, I prepared myself well for preseason, but it was, it was difficult. And honestly, the weather was crazy. Like at the, I was there at the peak of the summer and I've never experienced heat like that in my life. Like, Stepping outside, I'm already drenched in sweat. Wow. Training, I'm like, like it's like taking a shower. It's 
unbelievable. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a good experience. But he obviously came a month afterwards. And uh, this is one thing that not a lot of people know that I would love to talk in depth about, but it's your, your injury in your ankle and yeah. how crazy it is that you trial with Gulf United injured. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is so fucking crazy. Yeah. And it takes so much balls to do. Like, I have so much respect for you after hearing the shit that you put yourself through doing that. Like, it's incredible. Please take it away. So, I had the injury in March. Yeah. It was like two weeks into Dubai. I come, everything was going great. Then I get injured, missed the game against Newcastle United, the friendly game. I then pretty much... I don't know if you remember, but I thought I, I told him like, yo, it's a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always like that. Like, yo, it's a week. And then week two comes, I still have pain. Week four comes, still have pain. We went out to the field, like we would try training. I would still have pain like two months in. So basically, by the time I leave Dubai, I still have pain because it turns out I had like a grade three uh, tear of the ligaments. So I go back to Canada in, in May, June timeline and my ankle's still not fully healed so the first couple of weeks it was doing rehab i was going to see physio like super disciplined trying to get it back up to 100 finally this is like i want to say july july hits now i'm able to train back at 100 i remember seeing those videos i'm like okay good he's back yeah yes yeah. and my so i was invited to a closed trial i wasn't even invited to preseason with the team yeah i was invited to closed trial which is basically a bunch of people they already know and a bunch of open trial players who made it through. And that was going to be second week of August. So I had like four weeks, five weeks. So I'm training for like two, three weeks. Everything's going fine. And then end of July, there was this one session. I don't know what happened, but basically I start getting this big pain again in my ankle. And this is like a week and a half before I have to fly out. And yo, this was the type of pain where I would go do a dynamic warm-up and I couldn't do the dynamic warm-up. Like, I couldn't. I had to step out. So now I'm like, Wait, think about... People don't understand that it's not just football pressure that you have, but it's social media as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, talk, That's what I was told to get into. Is because, oh, okay. Okay. So I have this pressure of I went to Spain the year prior. I am sharing this journey to pro. And Spain failed. Didn't really go according to plan. And then the first part of 2022, have these expectations. People are supporting. Now people are hating too. Yes. Yeah. That's another whole conversation, but didn't really go. So now the attention's on like August. I'm telling everybody like August preseason, this is it. This is my time to make it happen. And now a week before the actual trial, I can't even properly jog. So think about like the mental pressure, the stress, the anxiety that I had to go through. Not being able to jog, not being able to kick a ball, anything. This also, was a week. This yeah. was a week before Dubai. It, but it's also such a good reason to give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not something that people would fault you for. You know? Like, I feel like a lot of people would just take that as an excuse to be like, no, this I could have used it. Yeah. It's a good, it's, it is a, it's a legitimate excuse that most people, but to be fair, like, I don't know actually how you did it, like physically. So what I did yeah. is the week I spent, I went to physio, I did rehab, I did a lot of, I tried some new things, 
Like I just did a lot of massage. I did a lot of rehab exercises. And the thing is I came to Dubai. So I finally come August 11th, August 12th. And my ankle wasn't healed. But I did the, I played my cards perfectly in that week and a half. So that when I showed up to that Monday first session, I was able to play strategic on my ankle. I had a little bit of pain, but I got through the session and I played good. And then the next session, I'm like, all right, keep doing the same thing. I got to play strategic, high pressure. And I remember I, I was like, okay, there's going to be like 20 players. Okay. They're going to select like maybe 10 to move into preseason. The first day I get there, there's already like 40, 50 players around me. I look off to the side 15 minutes before, like everybody needs to be there. Another wave of 50 players come. So you have like 100 players at that close trial. How crazy does it feel to know that out of the 100 players, it was you? With those circumstances. Like that, that must feel good. Um, so this is what nobody knows is like that week before coming to Dubai, the, the natural thoughts of like the ankle's not going to be better. You're not going to play this season. That's like flooding my mind. Yeah. That first morning I go and I see 90 players around me and I see some guys with like FC code on their track, on their track pants, like some proper clubs. My, that morning, like, bro, the amount of effort it took to keep my mind positive, like, you know how many thoughts popped into my mind of like, nah, this is it. This is not happening. There's no way the ankle's compromised. There's 90 other players here. They're only taking eight. And so I had to go through that. So one week I went through it. I got selected as the eight that went through to next week. And yeah, so it just went on. I, this is more so about your journey. So let's shift it back to. No, no, no. Uh, no, the thing is, like, yeah, obviously I'm talking about yeah. but I, I, it's both, both happen. Yeah. You know, and I think both are relevant and both matter. And so while this is happening in August, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling like. Bro, like, the amount of discipline it took, like, I would go to the trial, and then, like, the, the rest of the day, I would just be rehabbing. But what did that look like, the rehab? Oh, like, uh, band work, uh, foam rolling, mobility, yeah. massage, elevating my legs, yeah. mental training, like, I would prepare like crazy. Yeah. And I also had other things going on, like, trying to establish myself here in Dubai. Like, you know everything that I had to kind of do. Yeah. So, while that was going on, you were at Elite Falcons, yeah, doing your preseason, yeah, right. Okay, this and is this is actually interesting. What people don't know is, I also had the opportunity to join in the preseason. Yeah, you did. Yeah, remember? Yeah. And so the way I was looking at it is like, okay, Golf United. If it doesn't work out, I'm coming to Elite Falcons. <laughs> well, imagine we ended up playing on the same team. Oh my god, that would have been so amazing. But yeah, I don't know if you remember, but uh, back in May, we were talking about how crazy would be to to play in the same yeah in the same league uh, unfortunately that didn't happen like even for the social media side of things like mm. you know showcasing my journey and behind the scenes of what it's like playing on my team and then you and yours and uh sadly i never got to really showcase what happened in the behind the scenes of mine i'll get into that in a second but the elite falcons preseason was was interesting you know it was going so well i made a really great uh friendship with uh, maury i'm sure you're probably watching this i hope if you no, if you're not, you're not a good friend. Uh, but yeah, so we met at the original Elite Falcons trial, and I just connected with him there, went up to him, uh, and uh, we ended up sharing a, an apartment and going to preseason together every morning, 7 a.m., 
Uh, we had to get there, waking up, uh, leaving at like waking up at like five thirty. It was it was a grind, you know. It was it was fun, and everything was going super well. We were super confident in our in ourselves, and felt like we were, you know, leading leading the group. Definitely one of the better players. I called you. Yeah. Week three, I think. We probably have some voice memos of like, we do. Yeah. And I remember you were so confident. Yeah. And I'm like, Diego, how's it going? And you're like, yo, I'm killing it. Like, I'm going to be captain. <laughs> yo, because I thought, bro, I thought like, like, let's oh go. Oh my God. Let's go. He secured it. He's yeah. going to get the contract. I was then, so confident. I forgot I said I was going to be captain. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro, I was so happy. I'm like, I'm like, damn. He's doing that well. Like, they're going to make him captain. He's going to kill it this season. And then, yo, a couple days later, everything changed. Everything changed. And, and the reason why I was so confident, I'll just want to go into a little bit more, is I wasn't delusional. It wasn't like me playing well and me thinking like, oh, yeah, they're going to make me captain. No. The coach and the assistant coach talked with me and Mori afterwards and said, okay, so what are you guys looking for? Like, in your contracts, we're going to get this sorted this weekend. And it was like Thursday. Right, so this weekend is in like Saturday, we have a proper conversation. Uh, but we talked about contracts for like 10 minutes, 10 15 minutes, and then I told him, I was like, Yeah, you know, because he was asking me details. He was like, You know, how much money are you guys looking for? Are you looking for accommodation? Um, you know, do you guys need visas? Uh, how you know, like uh, travel, all that sort of shit. And I was like, Let's have a proper conversation uh, this weekend so we can talk logistics properly. And you know, the next day we have training, my head, and I'm thinking, like, You know, yeah. Me and the coach are on good terms as well. Like, I really like the coach. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I know that what ended up happening wasn't his fault, and I don't fault him for it. But um, long story short, uh, a week passes by, no word. Uh, the last week of preseason comes around, and the coach again reconfirmed with us. He's like, yeah, we're going to talk uh, this weekend. And we're like, okay, you know, you delayed it a few weeks, but we figure, you know, it's, it's probably some things going behind the scenes. And uh, literally six hours before training starts on the Monday, are you reading through the messages or not? Yeah. Yeah, the six hours before, uh, I almost want to read the, the message that I got sent because... Read it. Because, bro, it's so crazy. Like, I remember in this apartment over there, I just went for a sauna, I came downstairs, ready to go to sleep, ready to wake up and go back to training the next day. Yeah. Um, and I got a message. Let me see if I still have it. I was shocked. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Where is it? Oh yeah, so, good afternoon. It is 12 a.m. by the way, it's not the afternoon. Good afternoon, Sunday, this is Sunday, September 4th. I hope you had a good weekend. Thank you for your efforts over the last three weeks, but unfortunately senior management has chosen to go in another direction with a recruitment. If you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch. And good luck for the up-and-coming season. Regards. Good luck for the up-and-coming season. I just spent three weeks with one team, and every other team has already solidified the squad. What do you mean good luck with another? I was pissed. I was pissed, and I was hurt because I felt like I actually made a good connection with the coach. We were talking about my social media, potentially doing a documentary behind-the-scenes type thing for the club, and he was on board. And, like, I just thought this was going to be perfect. The fact that I'll be playing professional football, the coach likes me, the coach likes my social media, it's literally the perfect situation because I know how difficult it can be to get the club on board with what I do, you know, in terms of the, the documentary side of things. Um, 
and yeah getting that yeah that, that sucked um and i remember i i think i messaged you i messaged you i don't know if you found anything in the messages but uh, was there any funny it's just like you were so confident yeah. there's a lot of voice messages which we can go through yeah but even like august 28th i'm like remember you're not going into this week to compete you're going in to dominate there's levels to this and no one on that pitch is anywhere close to your level if you truly tap into your highest potential yeah and then you get back to me after your training this is like near the point where like you're confident you're gonna sign you're like killed it <laughs> coach is calling me today so maybe this is an update i'm like love to hear that making moves and then there's a bunch of voice messages where like yeah i feel but i remember like yeah. during that timeline you really thought things were going to work out and you're going to have an amazing spot on the team yeah potentially be captain yeah sign that contract and i think it's a good lesson for anybody out there that in this industry in football it's a cutthroat industry so sometimes you think things are going a certain way but until it's on paper yeah until it's set in stone you never ever know yeah and things can take a big turn a big turn like for you for example mm -hmm. you thought things are going to work out you're going to sign you're playing really well and 24 hours later you're off I still think, like, what if? Like, wh how different would my season look like? They're first, by the way. They're first in the league? They're winning the league. Wow. Yeah. They're killing it. They have a good team. That's even worse, huh? I know. <laughs> I know. And when we played against them, I didn't play because, well, we get into it, but I was benched. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Did you interact with the coach or any of the players? Yeah, yeah. So I talked to the coach after. We had a really good conversation. And I told him my situation, what was happening in my club. and. Hmm. He gave me some good insight. That's what I'm saying. I got a good relationship with the coach. Like I really, I don't know why you're watching this, but if you're watching this, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, you're a really good guy and you're a great coach. And, and I really wish that you know I could have played with him. I do. I I will say after we got that message, me and Moy were like, we're still going to training the next day, mm -hmm. even though we weren't invited. We're still going to training. We're gonna confront them <laughs> and just ask them what happened and just for some behind the scenes information. Uh, at the highest level of management. At the club, I guess that's where all the decisions are made. Like ultimately the coach doesn't have that much of a say. Yeah. And what was explained to me was uh, Coach Mo had selected players that he wanted from the trial or from like privately. Mm -hmm. uh, and the management came in and said, no, we want our players from, they have an academy, a sister club in Africa mm -hmm. that they wanted to bring in. And that's a squad now. It's all those players from that academy in Africa. So, so that's, that's what happened. Yeah, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Um, and then at this point, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like, every team is full. There's, came all the way up to Dubai, came this far, this close, and then go home to defeat. Like, that sucks. And also, we talked about this as well, but going back home, when you're doing what we're doing, like going overseas, it's a bit of, it's a bit tricky facing, I don't know, at least for me mentally, like, Facing the people back home is, it's a weird vibe. I don't know how else to put it. Like, it's almost like, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to talk about this. Should I, should I talk? Like just the energy from the people back in Canada yeah. when you're someone who not only has the audacity to vlog themselves, but go overseas when they couldn't make it in Canada. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, we talked about this yeah. earlier when we were eating. Like for me, back in Ottawa, we have 
a lot of great talent. Yeah. We have a lot of great players. And whenever I'm back, we train, train with the best players in the city. There's a group of like 10, 20 of us. And it's fantastic. But I do feel like, and it's not, I feel like, because people tell me this, is a lot of people like kind of trash talk and talk behind my back. And I think it's because one, I, I'm willing to like take the risk to go overseas and, and play and, you know, try something outside of my comfort zone. But then two, also I, I blog everything and I create content. And I think the combination of those things just creates a negative vibe. And yeah, so for me, I think what you're getting at is you prefer not to be back home in that environment. <laughs> The only thing I miss about home really is my family and like my close friends. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, because there, I do know for a fact as well that people talk shit behind my back. And it's just kind of a weird feeling knowing that you're out here and there's people back home like mm. supposed to be supporting you. And yeah. they're talking shit. And, and uh, it's just like, I don't know. It's too bad. Yeah, but, the thing for me, like in the last couple of months, especially that, that winter time frame where I was going through so much hate, like... I can say, but I'm actually curious from a third person point of view, like what did it look like in terms of like the judgment and the hate that came in? Like, I would say it's, it was pretty significant, right? When you were in Spain? Uh, that, not, I didn't get that much hate. I was getting hate. <laughs> I'm always getting hate. <laughs> but I mean, well, the thing is you're doing such audacious things that you're yeah, going to have so In, in January when I had this difficult situation coming right. up. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's like the, the classic hate that I see you get all the time is, is um, like another excuse, right? Yeah. And it's tricky because if you, every footballer goes through these moments, it's just you're showcasing it. Mm. You know, every footballer has these injuries. Every footballer has these times where they think something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. It's just you're sharing it with the world. And yeah, um, yeah like I don't even like, it's just dumb. So my dumb. point was, yeah. is like me, I've gone through like so much of it oh. that for now, for me, like now it's like, just bro, cancel out the noise. Oh, I just completely mm. missed this question. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Like yeah. all these guys back home, if they're hating on you, if right. they're not being supported, like bro, at the end of the day, like you're out here living out your dreams, you're climbing up and they're just like looking at you and feeding negative energy no, that's true. like cancel them out focus on yourself focus on the people who are there supporting you yeah. showing love yeah. those are the people you want to you want to grow with but so, even, even saying that like you know how difficult it can be to fully erase especially if you're in the environment exactly and this is going to be interesting for you because you're heading back tonight you're going to be back there right and yeah. it's going to be at least i guess a couple of weeks before you head out to your next destination which is going to be a wild one. <laughs> it's going to be a wild one. Yeah. I didn't think anything could top uh, Dubai, but this might. Uh, this might, yeah. yeah. So going back to the storyline, you didn't want to go back, so you... Right, right. so I, I pushed for another opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, just to make a long story short, have a connection here, who got me in touch with another club, went to a training session, went to another one, and another one, and then they decided to, to sign me. Um, new and club. It's a new club, yeah. 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 yeah, so it's like, again, it's a bit of a risk. It's a new club, new management. They had a similar vision to golf. Like, they want to bring in players and uh, um, 
from from like Europe and and overseas and developed them and so I thought you know what this could be a good opportunity it's kind of symbolic you're with golfers and I'm with a new club entering the third division like club did la- uh, golf did last year and uh, yeah it could be a great opportunity ended up yeah, being a good opportunity but you know they weren't super on board with my social media so that kind of killed the vibe on that just killed the vibe like it what do you mean by that it just like okay should i how um yeah so the the i where do i start how were you playing were you playing good yeah yeah i was playing good you know it was a the thing is as well like i came i came in late even though it was a new club and they were still getting players like i did come in late they had the initial squad uh, set up and me and Maury sort of came in as like the last few players they picked up and I think in their minds we were just players that they're picking up to sort of like fill in spaces in the, in, the, in the squad you know from the outside I saw you come in and you were telling me like great things about this club yeah great they have a coach who played had a top career yeah a GM well known in the football industry yeah and then I see you you're signing yeah. number seven yeah I'm like Let's go. Yeah. This guy's the player on this team. Right. You know, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I spent more time warming the bench. I spent more calories warming the bench than running on the field. How sad is that? Why? Well, I mean, it'll come down to me not being good enough. Um... Actually, no, but like I can't say anything else. Look, at the end of the day, it's the coach's decision to select the squad, and for some reason or another, he didn't feel like I was up to par with the other. I was competing for the center back positions and the right back position. Um, I actually started the first game and I played the full ninety and I played really well. Uh, the GM was coaching that game. And then when the coach came in, yeah, then I was benched. Take what you will with that information. Can you talk about any of the behind the scenes of why you may not have been selected? So right, right off the bat, um, obviously they found out about my social media. They actually did not know about it prior to signing me. Uh, it was only when we made that post that they saw my Instagram and they're like, oh. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, now they know. Now they maybe are smart and will want to leverage the fact that I'm gonna, I can help make their club look incredible. Like yeah. if we were on the same team in terms of on that wavelength, it's, a, it's I'm an asset in, in that as well as a football player, you know. But they didn't, and and I think that was a big missed opportunity for them. Um, if I was running a club and I had a player come on who had this sort of reach that I do, and I would take full advantage of that because. They could have used me, bro. Like it, it is such a big missed opportunity for them. Instead, they decided to like punish me in a way. That's what it felt like, bro. Like I'm just gonna be completely real with you, and it felt like it felt like there was like some animosity or like some te- like underlying tension between me and the coach, because um, he had a talk with me, basically giving me an ultimatum. It, not directly, but it was. Mm. He told me to choose one or the other. He's like, you have to spend your time getting better as a footballer instead of making videos. 
that's I'm paraphrasing, but that's what, what he said, right? Um, and I decided, you know what? I really do want to give this my all, and I want to give myself the best chance to play. And so I stopped. I stopped making videos, and making videos is is my out, my creative outlet. Like this is what this is how I take my mind off football and how I process the information and lessons and, and thoughts that I'm experiencing while living this life. And stopping that, I realized how much of an effect it had on my mental health. On top of the living situation, I haven't even talk, touched on the living situation. Oh my God. So I went, to, I went from living in this apartment complex to, you know, like this apartment with three tiny rooms and six people in each room. Um, with one kitchen and two bathrooms. It's just, as someone that needs their private space to recharge and reflect on the things that happen throughout the day, it's so difficult to be in a space where you have none of that. You cannot, like the amount of, it was torture. Like trying to go to sleep before 12 was impossible. People coming in and out, lights going on and off, people making noise, talking on their phones, playing videos, like it's just no respect for the people around them. And I just couldn't believe it. And me being the person I am, I didn't confront anyone. Like I didn't, I, it was really hard, man. It was really fucking hard. And I'm so happy to be leaving for that reason. Yeah. But I'll touch more on the living situation in a second, but just to go back to the coach and the social media, there was that obvious tension and there was that obvious dislike of what I was doing for whatever reason. Um, I never said anything negative about the club. I never uh, showcased even any of the behind the scenes. Like I hardly made any videos about that, but right away it was killed. And yeah, I'm sort of beating a dead horse here repeating the story. But uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I don't know. Ever since then I was on the bench and then shin splints acted up and, and it just kept getting worse and got an MRI done towards the end of the season. Turns out I have a benign tumor in my tibia or according to the doctor, not 100%, but I'm gonna get it checked in Vancouver. Uh, and it's local to where the pain is, so it's not shin splints. It's a, it's a tumor that's causing the, the pain in, in my bone. Um, and yeah, we just agreed at the end, you know, I had a talk with the GM and we just agreed that it's just best to part ways, you know, with everything, you know, I hadn't proven myself to them. I tried arguing that I hadn't been given a proper opportunity, but that didn't fly super well. Um, yeah, and now I'm on to the next phase and chapter of my life, which I'm very excited for, because I've told you a little bit about it, but it's some wild shit. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much everything that happened. Yeah. The living situation was hell. Like I'll, I'll reiterate that. Yeah, get into the living situation. So I know you you were telling me like two a.m. You're trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden you're here. Two a.m. They're eating dinner. Like <laughs> you're hearing these guys on a phone call with their people back home. Yeah. And they're loud. Yeah. And what was that like? Yeah, I just you just it just feels like you're being bullied. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like it's bullying because you know what, man? Like as an athlete, sleep is so important. Your meals and your the nutrition in your body is so important. Yeah. And having a kitchen that was just disgusting all the time because no one cleaned up after themselves. Obviously, two very different cultures as well. Like me coming from Canada, then coming from Africa. Like it's, it's going to have. Uh, there's going to be the cultural differences, and I doubt they were doing it on purpose to be disrespectful. But yeah, I don't know. Like it was a lot, man. 
And I feel like leaving that place is just such a big weight off my shoulders. Yeah. I know I can go home to, you know, get back into structure and routine. And you know how important that is. Mm. You know how important it is to know you wake up at this time, have your morning routine done, eat a meal that's not, you know, you're not making your meal in your cupboard. You have a proper kitchen. Like, going to bed at a certain time, being able to... <laughs> making your meal in a cupboard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had my cupboard because the kitchen was so dangerous. It was, a le- it was lethal, really, because the, the sink would overflow and water would spill onto the floor and it'd be soapy. And if you walk in there too fast, you slip and fall. And, you know, there's various bacteria lingering around on the counters and the crusty pans because they just cut their chicken on with any knives and don't clean them. There's no soap involved. It's honestly, it's chaos. It's pure fucking chaos. Yeah. And so I would make oats and um, I would get like, uh, yeah, mil- oats and milk and berries and flax seeds and chia seeds that I have over there. Just put it all together, some bananas. And that's my, that's the food I ate. That's what I ate for breakfast and dinner. Yeah. It was, it was the worst. It was so bad. But it was such a good character building experience. Like I leveled up as a human being, being out there. In what way? Just tolerance and like resilience, you know? Mm. Getting up and doing the most intense training sessions that I've ever done in my life because I haven't played at this level before. What did you think of the training, by the way? (laughs) Bro, and everyone on the team would agree with me on this, but the fitness we did was just so unnecessary, man. Like, you know, I'll talk about it. I don't give a fuck. Like, his philosophy was essentially... You can't play football if you can't run. But his idea of running was just up and down the field, like very minimal breaks for what seems like an unnecessary amount of time. Like the best fitness that every footballer knows is with the ball. Like those runnings and sprints are great. Maybe once or twice in preseason to build up that level of cardiovascular fitness. But as soon as you're done with that, get on the ball and start dribbling and and do like those fitness uh, possession games or... uh, even just playing games, right? Like that's fitness in itself, not build the best fitness. We didn't do any of that. Bro, we hardly did possession drills. I can't remember a single time we played an inter-squad game. Like, dog, it was What did you weird. guys do? Bro, was it just, just like running up and down the field? Yeah, like we do, uh, we have to run from one end of the field to the other in less than 17 seconds. And we have like 10 second rest, go back, 30 second rest. And we just do that six times. And then we take a three minute break and do that six times. Yo, did you enjoy football? No, man, I didn't at all. I dreaded going to training. The only thing I enjoyed about that season was the few times that we hung out because you were very busy and obviously our schedule, it was difficult to match our schedules uh, and hanging out with uh, the few people on the team that, that spoke English and I, got a, I made a good connection with. Um, those are the only things I enjoyed about it. And I wasn't making content, so it was just like I had no outlets sitting in bed, falling to the trap of the people around me. They were on their phone, scrolling TikTok, being on. I just fell into that because it's, that's my environment. And it was so mm-hmm. difficult for me to leave. I didn't have a car. You know, Dubai is a city that, unless you live here, you don't realize how segregated everything is. You can't just like walk from one neighborhood to, to the other. There's no real downtown. It's, it's difficult to go anywhere. Like, yeah, I could take the train out to Marina, but then what do I do? I gotta take the train back and Training starts at 3, I gotta be back to the apartment by like 2.30. It's like we get back at 8, I'm exhausted. And then the cycle continues of me staying up till 5 a.m. And bro, it was so bad, man. I can't believe I fucking did that. You know, talking about it now, it's like, holy fuck. It was awful. But, um, yeah. Like I said. But as a footballer, yeah. 
you have to go through those moments mm -hmm. and through those experiences to get to the highs. You remember that one time we hung out, I told you about my experience in 2018? Tell it. Tell it. I remember. It's Tell a long it. story. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a really long story, but point, and I know you have to, when do you have to head out to the airport? 15 minutes. <laughs> Everything's so last minute. I know. But I had to go through that time, which was just long story short, rural area, like farm, didn't know anybody, didn't speak the language, uh, didn't really have much money. I was living with a guy who basically got both legs chopped off in the war. Yeah. Very grumpy, like just on his yeah. crutches. We we're living on top of a barber shop in a pretty like tight space. We we're sharing the common areas, like the bathroom and the kitchen. No shower curtain, like not no setup at all in the bathroom. Kitchen very limited. And I oh infested with mosquitoes really? and i had that every single day like every single day i couldn't go to sleep mosquitoes would bite me at like 2 a.m like it, would, it wasn't even the normal mosquitoes the ones were like they itch like crazy <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and i would go to training and i would get yelled at like by these german guys that they would just yell had no friends and then i got injured another tear like i remember i was on crutches for a little go, bit go into detail like I, I, maybe we ended on this story like this is a good story yeah yeah go into detail yeah yeah so picture that environment mm -hmm. okay so that's where i'm at and then on top of that what happens is one of the training sessions i get studded in my ankle tear now i'm on crutches and i come back the next day i'm on crutches out of food okay i had a bicycle that's all i had there I'm out of food. I'm kind of like hoping this guy's not in the common spaces because he's like super angry, doesn't speak English. No legs, like just kind of like going around. I mean, I'd be angry too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep at night. These mosquitoes are everywhere. I can't even walk to kill them. And so I remember I told you this. I had a light on. So I would turn my iPhone light on and I would just have it on my chest. And I would wait for like the mosquitoes to come towards the light. So it'd be like 2 a.m. at night. And as soon as they came, I'll like try and kill it. <laughs> it was the worst because like I wouldn't kill them right away sometimes. They were smart. So like every time I missed them, it would take another 15 minutes for them to come again. And then I remember this one night, like I killed this one mosquito. I was so happy. I'm like, finally, four hours of sleep. Thank you. And then like five minutes later, <laughs> there's this other mosquito that got in because the place had holes in it yeah but i have no food and then also i get sick so i get the flu so now no food i'm like i'm limping how far away was the grocery store uh so the closest grocery was a bike okay but it was like a 10 minute bike ride okay. right so i would usually go with like the bags and stuff yeah so that like was very difficult i didn't have any food wow. i was injured and your financial situation was, wasn't great either. It wasn't great either. Yeah. Club didn't end up paying me at the end. Bro. And I didn't have a social life. I had no friends there. And I remember I was just like on the bed, like just looking at my phone, hoping somebody would contact me, like hoping I had somebody, but nobody would really like reach out to me. And I was just like down. And anyways, long story short, like that season had its ups and downs, a yeah. lot of downs, obviously. But, uh, well, I mean, training in Germany with in the environment on the team wasn't great either, right? Wasn't great. I told you about the story with pumping the balls. Tell, tell that one. <laughs> no, no, tell it. Tell it. That's a, yeah, because this so, is so relatable. 
So I'm like the new guy on the team, bro. Don't speak, like, obviously language barrier. And uh, all these guys, they have their German accents, like, difficult to talk to. And uh, this one training, they're like, pump the ball, so. It's not recording? Bro, what? At all, or did it catch at least some of it? Oh, that was such a good podcast. Oh, why? Why? So yeah, I'm the new guy on the team. They're telling me, go pump the balls. Okay, so I go, I pump all the balls. I'm like very nervous because some of these guys, like they're dicks, bro. Like they're yelling at you. I'm the foreigner, right? So they don't treat you nicely at all. And so I go out to the field early doing my warm up doing some extra drills to like prepare for the training. Now all the guys are coming out and all of a sudden like I hear this captain yelling in German, like yelling some shit. Damn, what's going on? And then he's saying something about like who pumped the balls? Who pumped the balls? He's like swearing. Who pumped the balls this hard? And I'm like, ah, oh, no. They're coming for me. They're coming for me. <laughs> oh, fuck. He brings it up to the coach and I thought, okay, the coach, you know, he's going to be chill. I'm the new guy on the team. The coach starts yelling at you, bro. He's swearing. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Next thing you know, they call my name. He's like fuming at the start of training. He's like, like, are you stupid? Who pumps balls this hard? Turns out, like, they're super professional with things and they have this range of PSI that the balls need to be pumped at. And I pumped them a little bit too hard because I just came off of like Carlton Ravens, U Sports, like playing in the winter, like hard balls. Like, anyways. And then they're like yelling at me, swearing at me, like two minutes straight. Like, I'm just standing there. I like, don't even understand 90% of it. So then take the, the ball, ball back, just going back into the locker room. And um, yeah, I just have to get rid of air, come back out, swears at me a bit more. Finally, we do the training session. And it's just a lot of moments like that. And it's, it's hard enough as it is being in a new environment. Yeah. You know, trying to prove yourself and then to have them just like have that happen and mm. giving them another reason in your mind for them to hate you. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough. tough situation. It is tough. Um, so imagine that those situations on top of my living condition. Yeah. So this is cycling back to what I told you is like right. what you went through. A lot of people aren't willing to go through that. Or they just start scratching the surface and then they give up. But because you're willing to go through this moment, you're going to reach that high that's yeah. waiting along your journey. Better be there. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's, I know it's inbound. You know what? I, I made it seem like it was a really big deal um, in the living situation. And like objectively it was. Yeah, it was but, a difficult situation. Yeah. But, but like you said, like it's these moments that lead to those greater highs in life and it was a great lesson for me you know in the beginning half of it to experience the experience the, i don't want to say like depression but like the uh, lack of motivation to do anything you yeah. know my schedule was kind of like go to sleep at five wake up at one you know drink some water have like some nuts and then go to training and then come back eat oats and milk and then be on my phone go to sleep at five wake up at one like that was just over and over mm -hmm. I couldn't get out of the cycle and then having that conversation with you that one day talking it through 
helped me sort of see things for what they were. And it was my decision every step of the way to put myself into that cycle. You know, it wasn't something that was happening to me. It was happening for me. It was happening for me because it gave me an opportunity to level up. It gave me an opportunity to realize that I'm actually in control of my life. And just because the external circumstances are one way doesn't mean that I am powerless to them. I can change them. And, you know, still difficult to consciously make that decision every single day. But, uh, you know, it's moments like that that, that level up as a human being. And I appreciate you for helping me guide me through that. And, um, yeah, I appreciate myself as well for, for getting through it. You know, like it is, is um, it's something that I wouldn't have envisioned myself to be able to get through even like two years ago, one year ago, you know. Um, and then on top of that, not playing. Mentally, just like really fucking hard. Not being treated well by the coach. Like there's a lot of little instances. We got into a bit of like a altercation one game where I wasn't as stupid of me. It was really dumb of me. Um, but I was I was obviously on the bench and playing well all, all week, the week before. Like and the thing is, even though I have my shin splints and I'm, and I'm like technically 70%, 75% of what I could give, I still... Like I still feel like I was I was playing well, like comparatively to the other players. Like I do, and I'm not. And maybe it's delusion bias, sure, but I, I really do. And um, I won the bench just one game, and the coach was even you know he's putting some other players on for like the last fifteen. And, like why aren't I going on for fifteen minutes at least? Like come on, just give me fifteen minutes, and I'm just pissed off. And one of the other players in the other team asked for some water, and I pretended to not understand it. I started speaking Spanish to him, and the coach heard that. And flipped the fuck out of me. Told me like, yo, you're, yeah, anyway, I won't get into details, but um, yeah, anyways, that's my fault. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just given the guy water. I was, I was kind of pissed off in my circumstances and I just wanted to like start something. I don't know, it was dumb. And then in the change rooms, coach was shaking everyone's hands. I should have just, he went to shake my hand and like, I was pissed off about what happened in the field. And I said, yo, coach, if you're gonna yell at me, all right, so I said, I don't want to be here. No, I, I said, I'll go to another team if you're just going to yell at me or something like that. And, uh, yeah, then he told me to get the fuck out of the gingers. And that was, I think that was the day that I sent a voice message, message to you mm. telling you, like, yo, this, is, this ain't it. This is, yeah. And, like, it's my fault that this happens. But at the same time, it was just so much pent up, like, just annoyance at my situation, frustration. I just, yeah, it's dumb. That really set the tone for the rest of the season. That was halfway through the season, the beginning of the season, halfway through the beginning of the season. That set the tone for the rest of it. And, um, yeah, obviously, like, no hard feelings against anyone. It was just, it is what it is, and it just happened. When you're in a heated moment like that, given your circumstances of what was going on as well. Because I know you, and I know you're an aware person, mentally, like, you have perspective. Did you have, like, in that moment, did you have any second thoughts of, like, okay, maybe there's a different way I can handle this situation? Or was it truly, like, yo, you just couldn't control yourself, and that's, like, the first thing that came to mind, to, like, speak up to him in that way? Like, tell him? Yeah. Yeah, I lost my cool, man. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, I didn't, it was, 
Like, did you have a moment of debate in your mind where you're like, ah, oh, should I say this or, no, or did it just, it was just, just came out? Yeah. Yeah. Even that's a good lesson for me to remember in moments like that to remain like stoic and remain cool. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know how the season ended. I already talked about that. Is there anything else we want to cover? Because I think I gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. Maybe just no. uh, quick thoughts moving into twenty twenty three for you. Yeah, um, gonna be an adventure for sure. No real idea as to what I'm doing, but I know that things are gonna happen. That's pretty much the best description I can give. <laughs> Probably gonna travel again. Gonna document all the adventures. Uh, storytelling my life to the world. That's pretty much what I do. And uh, football, obviously, going to continue. Going to continue to try to pursue that. Uh, just the question is, how? Um, that is, that will remain to be seen. But uh, yeah, what about you? My twenty twenty three. So second half of the season, going in with Golf United. Goal is to finish first place and then get promoted. So I'm going to share that whole process, journey to first division, and. A lot of other cool things happening. Yeah. But I just wanted to say for you, yeah. um, we talked about this earlier too, but you're about to embark on this different journey. I think it's going to have a lot more spontaneous moments to it. It's going to have a lot of randomness to it. And it's going to be a good uh, catalyst for you to get back on track with what fulfills you the most and what brings you the most joy. So I'm excited for you to explore that. Like I said before, have those Try and have those structured outlets that you could fall back on. But, like, I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be a good journey. And after a couple of months of 2023, you'll have a better idea of where you want to take your central. Like, I don't want to, uh, like, abruptly say it on video, but you know what I mean with, like, the A or B. And I think the last couple of months you've had this yeah. big like which way should i go yeah this is limiting this and i think now the start of this year you're gonna focus on one kind of yeah. like and let your intuition take it yeah and it's gonna give you the answer great way and i'm excited for that yeah me too me too because it feels like i'm finally gonna be living the life that i want to live you know? yeah without limiting myself so before you leave, I just want to quickly say something. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I really do hope that you took something of value from it because if there's one thing that I found that being on social media as a footballer is lacking is transparency and, and re like honesty as to what it actually takes to try, at least try and, and make it to the professional level. Um, you know, especially taking a pathway that is deemed untraditional. And I've stated this before, but I really do want to be as transparent as I, as I can be, even at the risk of my own career, because I do value truth over everything. And just like any industry, the football industry is, is corrupt, right? There's things beyond your control that have a direct effect on your success and your career. And it's not just me either. I have barely experienced any of that. It's really the stories that I hear from other footballers that I meet along the way it's just there's too many to ignore and honestly everyone knows it as well just not everyone can talk about it almost actually no one can talk about it because as soon as you do you're putting yourself in the spotlight as a target and ultimately i do want to reiterate the fact that i'm just speaking my truth i'm speaking from my own experiences this is not the truth across the board this is not what you will encounter if you do take a similar path or at least try to take a similar path as i have done 
I also want to make it very clear that I'm extremely grateful for the experience that I went on and for the opportunity that, you know, I was blessed enough to be able to pursue and that in no way, shape or form do I have hard feelings towards the club or any of the staff or any of the people that I met along the way. And like I mentioned in the beginning, if you do want more behind the scenes content, make sure you do subscribe to my YouTube channel because that is where it's all going to be. And I'm going to be uploading a lot more frequently on the Night Audit podcast here on Spotify, audio only episodes, talking about the minute details that I have not shared publicly. And also the behind the scenes processes of finding new opportunities and what exactly I am going to be doing next. So thank you once again, and let's continue this journey as one.